Well, we're going to talk about the covenant of prosperity today. And I, once again, I ask you the question, what do you expect? And remember last week we made this statement, let God loose in you. Isn't that awesome thought? Let God loose in you. Let his word loose in you. So we're going to get into the covenant of blessings. So, um, can, and, and we're going to be talking about the financial prosperity. We know that uh, prosperity includes so many things, but we're going to be talking about money today, the financial prosperity. So um, the scriptures, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, but the scriptures that... I'm going to be giving you have to do with covenant because that's what we're studying. And I want the scriptures that I'm going to give and be giving to you to help you to trust God. To see in his word. He, when he talks about the covenant, he meant it. He said it and he meant it, what he said. And he expects, God's expectation is for us to walk in those promises, for us to expect them. Amen. So let's turn to Psalms 89. And I'm going to read uh, verse 34. And like I said, I want these to um, renew your mind to the covenant of promise, the covenant of promise. And as I read these particular scriptures, I'm believing that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened and that revelation knowledge will come to you about God's covenant that he has cut that we, with us. Praise God. And, and always remember that when he cut the covenant with Abraham, he said it was to Abraham and his seed. So that all of these are to us also. So verse 34 says... My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Does that not build trust in you? Now, we know that he's talking about, uh, well, up, my, up at the top of my Bible, it says God's covenant with David. But the covenant with David is for us too, what he's saying, because we are of the seed. So my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my what he said is established about the covenant. And we'll get into some of those scriptures in, in a little bit. And then in verse 15, he says, Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. In other words, when he says it, he's not lying about it. We can break the covenant of promise, but he'll never alter it, he says. He'll never break it. So... Uh, I want to go look at verse 33. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Now that particular scripture takes a little bit of meditating on. You'd have to go back and look at that and look it up in different translations. But the, he's saying the, the unfaithfulness of man... The, un the unfaithfulness of man cannot alter the faithfulness of God. I thought that was really strong. I don't remember which uh, translation I got that out of. But just because you're unfaithful to the promises does not mean that it will alter his faithfulness. He is faithful. He does, he's a God that doesn't change. So we can always know that God's going to watch over his word to perform it if we will do our part. And we will be faithful to his promises. Uh, okay, and that in Psalms 89 in the Young's literal translation, it says, I profane not my covenant. And that which is going forth from my lips, I change not. So we see that we serve an unchanging God, a God of covenant. And in the Message Bible, it says, Do you think I'd withdraw my holy promise? Pause and think about that. No, I, I don't. Or take back words I'd already spoken. 
I've given my word, my whole and holy word. Oh, to trust him like that. I mean, he's not going to change. He is responsible for his words that he has released. And he will watch over them to perform them. Now, the thing of it is, when we're studying the, the different uh, covenants of promise, of uh, prosperity, which we're doing today and health in a week or so, we have to have patience because this mind, we have to renew it. We have to get it thinking like this. If we don't get our mind to thinking like he said, then we're going to be anxious and we'll walk away from what he has said. You know, so we've got to give the word, what I'm saying is, we've got to give the word time to work. And if it's dealing in prosperity, your finances, God works through people. He works through people. But he still said, if you're a tither, that he would open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room for you to even, you got to do something with it. You just can't contain it. He's going to be faithful to that. And everything that, that Tom and I have has come from the word of God, from doing what it said, being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now, every person in here would agree the word says that, but what are you doing about it? What are you doing? You know. And every person, when we get into this area of prosperity, we're all on a different level. Now, I have been in this, this faith message probably longer than most of you in here. And so I might be a step ahead in my believing and the faith and, and, you know, the promises and all. But Tom and I always believed, and we would always say, that we want our children to go further than what we have. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that. And, and we want that for our children. And for our children's children's children. <laughs> and you know what? They're doing it. They're doing it because God honors his word. And we've taught them this, what, what we're talking about. So uh, God's word translation says, I will not dishonor my promise or alter my own agreement. Does that not build trust in the Father God? He said, I will not dishonor my promise. For him to not fulfill his promise, it would be a dishonor to him. Well, we need to be that strong in the Lord. Amen. Now then, I want us to look at Psalms 111 on another scripture. And what I'm trying to... What I'm doing, I'm not trying to, but because we prayed that our eyes of our understanding will be enlightened to the covenant, is to get you to promise is. His promises should be our life, our way of life, our way of doing his promises. So in Psalms 111, verse 5, He hath given meat unto them that fear him, he will ever be mindful of his covenant. That means every day, all the time, God's mind is full of his covenant. He doesn't, he doesn't have a day that his mind is not on the covenant. That's pretty neat, isn't it? He has showed his people the power of his works, that he may give them the heritage of the heathen. So the Living Bible says this. He gives food to those who trust him. He never forgets his promises. Thank you, Lord. And the Barnes Commentary says, He will never leave or forsake his people. He will be faithful to all the promises he has made to us. Faithfulness. God is faithful. Praise God. So we'll go on over into Psalms 112. And, and those of you that have been very, here very many years know this is one of my favorite scriptures. And how that I had had it posted all over my house for years and years and years and years. And probably still up in some places. But I'm going to go ahead and start with verse 1 through verse 4. 
Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man. Now, you know when it says man, that means woman too. He's talking about mankind. So you're not left out. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. That means respects and honors. And that delights greatly in his commandments. You know, that's what's missing, I think, is delighting. We should be excited and delightful about the commandments of God. Instead of thinking, oh, do I have to be a tither? Well, no, you don't. But the windows of heaven are closed to you. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But he says we're supposed to delight in his commandments, okay? And his seed, that's your kids, and they're, they're kids and on down. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Do you see that in your children? Do you see your children being mighty upon the earth? Praise God. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now, see, these are covenant promises. If you're born again, you're blessed. He says, you shall be blessed. And, and, and look, this is, this is my scripture, you know, that I've quoted for years. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Okay. Uh, unto the upright, which is the believer's, there ariseth light in the darkness. You see, that, that scripture is important too. Because we all have different times that there's been darkness in our life. That's tried to overcome us, tried to overwhelm us. But he said, there's going to be light. So I always say there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, so look for that light. We are a blessed generation. So I told you that this is the... The one that I made my own confession of, I don't know, probably 30 years ago, that wealth and riches are in my house because we fear the Lord and keep his commandments. I typed that out, and I posted it all over my house. Every room had it listed. And every time I walked in, I would read it out loud. Wealth and riches are in my house because we fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Well, that'll get in you. That will get in you. And one day it's going to come to revelation knowledge. But wealth and riches, do you see that? Through the eye of faith, you're supposed to see that. And the, the word says that we are blessed to be a blessing. Amen. So wealth and riches are in your house because you fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Write that down. Put it all over your house if you're needing finances. And you can add to that, I am blessed to be a blessing. That means you're going to turn loose of some of that wealth and riches. You're going to share it. You're going to give where God tells you to give. Amen? And if I did not have to give, girls, I couldn't give. And he says we are blessed to be a blessing, Bridget. And so something that we need to watch is our attitude. You've got to have the right attitude. And I praised, I really did. I praised God. I said, Father, thank you for choosing me. And every time he has me to share something, uh, whether it be financial or, or groceries or, or clothes or whatever, I, I always have in the back of my mind, thank you for choosing me. And so that's an attitude that you've got to have with prosperity. God needs you prosperous. God wants you prosperous. And it's not for selfish reasons. I'm telling you, people out there need you. And we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to listen. To, okay, you know. I mean, it could be food, it can be time, it can be anything. There's people with different needs. It's not always financial needs that they have. Time, a lot of time, is so important with people. So, but today we're talking about financial prosperity, and, and I realize that, you know, uh, there are other areas that we can 
we could talk about. But I absolutely love, because I have seen this particular scripture in Psalms 112 be manifest in mine and Tom's life. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. And now I, I've changed that to wealth and riches are in my house. Because we do fear the Lord. And we, we honor and respect Him. And we do keep His commandments as far as we know. See, there's going to be some people that have more knowledge of what to do. Uh, if they're not taught, like Luke 6.38. I mean, if you didn't know that, you wouldn't do it. But as far as we know, we keep as many of the covenants of prosperity... The Laws of Prosperity. And Kenneth Copeland has a little book. Only my little June back there probably knows this. She comes from this. Well, she's not as old as I am, but she started in the Word way back then. Uh, he has a little book, and I looked for it, and I couldn't find mine this morning. The Laws of Prosperity is a little red book. And, it, and it's old, old, old book, but it's just a small one. But he put out a book, The Laws of Prosperity. And we got a hold of that. There are spiritual laws for prosperity. And if we will keep those commandments, then he said wealth and riches are going to be in your house. Praise God. And you're going to have so much that you can share it because it's going to come, girls. I, pray, I promise you that. Okay, the Living Bible with this Psalms 112. Praise the Lord for all who fear God and trust in him are blessed beyond expression. I thought that was so neat. They're blessed beyond, you just can't say it. There's just not enough you can say. I thought that was kind of interesting. You're blessed beyond expression. <clears throat> yes, happy is the man who delights in doing his commands. So there's a promise of happiness if you do what he says. His, this is I love. His children shall be honored everywhere, for good men's sons have a special heritage. He himself should be wealthy, and his good deeds will never be forgotten. Now, this is the, out of the Living Bible, if y'all want to look this one up. When darkness overtakes him, light will come bursting in. Wow, you're going to know what to do. When darkness comes of any sort, your light's going to come to you. That's the promise of God. It's going to come to you. You'll know exactly what to do. And so you can go around, if you don't know it up here yet, go around saying, I know exactly what to do about this situation. And you say, well, I don't know. No, but you're a spirit man. The Holy Spirit in you knows. So make these confessions. I know exactly what to do about this situation. It'll come to you. And what I do when I'm having confessed that, I know exactly. I, I have some things coming up that I, I, I've asked God for wisdom for. And, and I've got it. I don't know yet up here. But I know I've got the wisdom that when this manifests, I'll know exactly what to do. Exactly. And so I say that, Father, I thank you. I know exactly what to do about this situation. And then I will pray in the Spirit. Okay, so Father, now y'all got to get a hold of this information, I'm telling you. So then I pray in the Spirit the answer. So I'll pray in tongues. So Father, I'm going to pray in tongues the answer and, or the wisdom. This was concerning wisdom. I'm going to pray in the spirit in tongues the wisdom that I need and so I pray in tongues and then I thank him father I know I've got the wisdom now so when the time comes well guess what's going to manifest the wisdom the wisdom's going to you got to learn to use this word you've got to learn to apply it and don't be overcome by the darkness or by any decision business-wise whatever you got to have wisdom this day and time. You've got it if you'll ask for it. He said he, he says, ask for wisdom, and he'll give it to you. So 
The important thing, like I said, we've got to realize is when you ask for it, he, he said he would give it to you, even though if you don't know it up here yet. I promise you, it's in here. And he'll give it to your spirit. And then as you pray in tongues, it will transfer it out of here up to here. And you will eventually be speaking it. Amen. Are you getting it? We got we got to put this word to work. So anyway, he says um, that when darkness overtakes him, light will come. Burst, light will come bursting in. He is kind and merciful, and all goes well for the generous man who contact who conducts his business fairly. I thought that was interesting that he's covering even business here. We're talking about prosperity. So make a confession if you have a business. Make a confession over your business. Praise God. So I thought that was real good. Now, the Barnes commentary, y'all, I love to do all these commentaries and all these research. So the Barnes commentary says, listen to this. His children, which is his posterity, that is... My, my ink pen went out about here. That is, they shall be prospered. Your children. Woo, hallelujah, Chelsea. Did you hear that? Amen. And that's talking about your kids, too. It's called those babies. Look at that. They start praising God for their prosperity. I mean, they're babies. But we speak things that will be. Start speaking over those babies. They're going to be righteous. And his children, that is, they shall be prospered. They shall be honored. Oh, wow, this is a good one to speak over your kids. Woo, this is the Barnes commentary. And if, if I need to write that out for anybody, you can let me know Just if you want to speak it over your kids. Okay, they shall be prospered. They shall be honored distinguished among people, distinguished for their virtues, for their influence, for the success in life. Isn't that good? <laughs> Man, we need to be speaking over those babies. This was what the Hebrews desired, that they would uh, find all this in the Scriptures. They desired this for their children. I desire that for my children and my Children's children and, you know, praise God. It's powerful. So, the best security for the virtue and success of children. This is still part of Barnes' commentary. The best security for the virtue and success of children, listen to this, is the virtue of the piety of parents. Now, Susan has been teaching on Sunday on the family, and it has been awesome. Awesome. He says, this surest inheritance as pertaining to happiness, as it's talking about your children, as pertaining to happiness, respectability, and usefulness in life is that which is desired from the example of the prayers and the counsel of pious father and mother. Now, I'll give you the definition for those words. The family, the children... Such promises are to be expected to be fulfilled in general. What do you expect from the covenant? I expect my children to be blessed. You go through this and you say that over them. What do you expect concerning your children? Okay, that word piety in Webster's means devotion to religious duties or to the word. That's where he was talking about the parents. Let me go back up here. It says the best security for the virtue and success of your children is the virtue and the, and the devotion of the parents to religious duties or to the word. Amen. You know, people bring their children and dedicate them to the Lord, and I don't think half of them know what they're doing. It's words. You're promising something to God. To raise those kids in the word. 
and you never see them again. Listen, this stuff's serious stuff. It depends on the parents. That's what he's saying here. It, that it, it's the security for your children and the virtue of your children. It depends on the parents. And I can't get off into all Susan's been teaching, but it's sure been good. Okay, Deuteronomy 8. Let's go there. And I'm going to read uh, 17 and 18. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto the fathers, as it is this day. Oh, girls, I just encourage you to take these scriptures, go back and read them, meditate on them, and ask, Lord, what are you trying to tell me here? What are you saying to me? Okay, then... Uh, in one of the commentaries, I'm not, I don't remember if it was commentary or a different translation, but I wrote this down. Don't think to yourself and say, mine own power and the strength of my hand has gotten me this wealth. That's what he was saying in verse 17. He says, don't, don't think and say that it's, the, that it's the, uh, my hand and the strength and all that has given me this wealth because... It is he who has and is giving you the power. It's God who has the power. And he's giving you the power to get wealth in order, listen to this, in order to confirm his covenant. Praise God. He gave you the power to get wealth in order that you can confirm his covenant that he has spoken. Well, I don't want to disappoint him. Do you? I don't want to disappoint him. Praise God. So it is to confirm his covenant, which he swore to, you, to your ancestors. And I like this. And it's happening even today. Praise God. I don't know what translation I got that out of, but it sure is good. So he gives us the warning, and this is part of it. He gives us this warning that if we think this, if we think that we get this from our own power and our own hand and I'm good at this and I can do that, he says, he gives us this warning that if we think this, we will perish. He'll eat you up. He said, I am warning you in advance that you will certainly perish. What's he saying? I wrote down what thought came to me. Pride comes before a fall. That's the scripture. I don't know if that's Proverbs or just where that is. But he says pride comes before a fall. So in, in doing this, getting hold of this prosperity message, and wealth and riches are in our house, I can't go around and saying, man, I can do, you know, it's me. I'm good at this. Well, you may be good at it. But he says don't forget who gave you the power to do it. He gave you the ability. Don't forget that. What's he saying? Give God the glory for it, not yourself. Amen? So that's really important. Okay, let's go to Psalms 35. I'm giving y'all a lot of scriptures today, but what comes from, from hearing the word? Faith. I'm telling you, you're going to be a bunch of women going out of here that's going to be doers of this word, and you just hide and watch what's going to happen in your life. It may not be overnight, but if you get a process started. Psalms 30, 35 is what I said, wasn't it? Maybe. And verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. I mean, God is tickled. He is so excited about you learning about prosperity and you getting it manifest in your life so that you can bless other people. We're blessed to be a blessing. It's not for us just to hoard it up. 
you know. And, and like I said, it doesn't have to be money that you shared. It, it may be your home. It, it could be so many things that you can share that everybody's, like I said, on different level. And we have different ministries, you know. And it, it could be that you cook for people. It could be so many different things. But we're blessed to be a blessing. Listen, if you can cook for other people, you've been blessed financially to be able to do that nowadays. You stop and think about it. Whatever, okay? So, he says, let them shout for joy. Praise God. So get excited about it. Because God wants you to be. Because he takes pleasure. He gets excited about it. About you being blessed. Amen. And in your wealth and riches. Wealth and riches are yours. Okay, now let's look at Psalms 118. I tell you, I got so busy. I started studying about 5 o'clock yesterday evening. And I finally quit and went in the house. And got back up and started again this morning. And I looked at my watch and I thought, it's 20 minutes till 10. And I wasn't through. Psalms 118, verse 25. I have not, I did not have time, but I promised to do this, to do a real study on this particular scripture. I know that, uh, well, let me read it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Well, I, I did look up uh, one commentary, and what the commentary said on this was, these words were sung by the Jews and their children when Jesus made his public entry into Jerusalem. These are the words they were singing. Send now prosperity. And I think in one of the translations it said, send now success. So that might be a scripture you may want to... It has a lot of history to this scripture that goes back to uh, the children of Israel and to Jesus and his entry. So I got started reading all that, and I mean, I was all over rabbit trail. There was. So that's really an interesting scripture for you to study for yourself. So now that you know that it's God's will for you to prosper, let's talk about how you're going to get there. And if you'll remember, I think it was last year or the year before that I taught on prosperity about the land of lack, the land of even, and then the on to the prosperity. You remember that message? Well, let's look at some of that. How do you get from the land of lack into the land of even? So we got to start where we are. you got to know that. Start where you are. Everybody's at a different place. Okay. So do you realize that you can get to the place that you can pay for everything when you buy it? You get an image of that one. You can get to that place. You don't have to use that credit card and pay it off and pay all that interest. Let's get serious with this, mess, this covenant of prosperity. Start saying it. Start confessing it. I can pay for everything that I need. When I need it, I can pay cash for it. I don't have to charge it. Get to that place. So... What do we need to do? We need to start doing the practical things. And I'll let you and the Holy Spirit work on that one. I know he'll tell you. So get a vision of being out of debt. Get a vision of being out of debt and then set a goal to accomplish it. Girls, you're coming out of debt. You're coming out of debt. You can pay cash. I see you paying cash. I see you blessing other people. Buy their lunch. You're going to be able to do that. Praise God. Okay, let's go to uh, Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I tell you, this covenant of prosperity is awesome. And just to think we're pleasing God. Okay, let's look at verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though that, I don't want to go there. Uh, 
Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than of him. <laughs> so we've got to watch our words and what we're saying, praise God. The New King James says about verse 18, where there is no revelation. He says vision in the King James. But where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That's a real important translation there. See, if, if we don't have the revelation of this word that we're teaching today, then you won't have a restraint. That word lasciviousness means no restraint. And the word talks about lasciviousness. But you see, we have to be able to control ourselves. We have to be able to restrain from using that credit card. But he says that if we don't, if you don't get the revelation of this today, you'll use that credit card on stuff you don't need to be using it for. He said, because you won't have any restraint. So, make you a confession. Father, I thank you that I have godly restraint. I don't know when and how and where. Praise God. You have restraint. I have restraint. And it's got to be a revelation, girls. Revelation knowledge, if you don't have it, you won't do what this word is saying. But if when it becomes a revelation to you, and I prayed over that this morning, that you, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened to this word that we're talking about. Now, let the Holy Spirit lead you. You know, it may just be one thing today that he's dealing with you with. Well, follow that through. And you know, to, if you're in the land of lack, your next step is get to the land of even. And then before you know it, when you get to the land of even, if you'll continue doing this word, you're going to enter on in, over into the land of more than enough prosperity. You'll get there, but we got to follow the, the spiritual laws. So um, make a list of all your debts and write out and write beside them the amount. See, if you don't do that, it, it's not real to you yet. Okay, so write out beside them the amount. Now start paying them off one at a time. Get excited and see yourself marking those debts off. Make that list. Are you getting it? When you do what we're talking about right here, make a list, write out beside them how much it is, and get to work on it, start working on pay, you know, marking that off, you know where you're going to get? To the land of even. You'll get to the land of even. And that's a great place to be. Amen. Once you reach this place, it, it becomes easier. Once you get to the land of even, it becomes easier. And I'm telling you, next thing you know, you're going to be prosperous. Praise God. So the third one I wrote down was, don't add any new debts. Now, see, we're talking about the practical things concerning prosperity. Don't add any new debts. Start using your faith. Hey, if you want a new dress, that's okay. Don't charge it. Start using your faith. Mama? Mama. Not, now, don't all of you come. <laughs> We're not going to let them know what day you're coming. <laughs> but, I mean, God wants you to have a new dress or whatever. But believe God for it and sow a seed because he said, um, you know, that, that whatever measure we use is the measure so sow something, sow a seed, and specify what you want it for. It gets, listen, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch God watch over his word to perform it, praise God. So don't add any new debts. I mean, you may need a new coat for this winter. You know, I've got coats hanging in my closet. We hadn't had cold enough weather hardly to use them this last year but if you need a new coat 
I don't know why they came to me. Somebody must be believing for a new, you could use one, okay. Mama, Mama up here needs a new coat. <laughs> She'll probably go shopping in my closets. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Go after it with your faith. See, exercise your faith. And you can start out with just little things in order to get your faith built, you know. But use your faith, praise God, because he says man shall live by faith. we got to live by faith. And so it's good to, to start with the little things just to get your faith going. So anyway, sow a seed for whatever that specific thing is that you're, you're wanting. And you know, he wants you to want things. Amen. But remember always that God uses people. He uses people. And that we're blessed to be a blessing. Okay. Now then, to those of you who have reached the land of prosperity, this is something the Lord was really talking to me about. If you have reached the land of prosperity, where you have more than enough, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and willing for God to use us. Whatever it is, be willing to let him use us. And that's, that's what I was talking about. This lady that, that texted me, it made me think about that. Yes, or this thought about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When she texted me and, and she said, I can't face you. I can't, so I'm texting you. And I texted her back and I said, I didn't know my face was that ugly. <laughs> I had to bring a little joy to her because she, it was hard on her because cause I, she has had me help her with some other areas when her mom died. And uh, I thought, I didn't, I didn't know my face was that ugly. And, of course, she answered back, you know, and she said, oh, Bonnie, she said, you know. But I said, I'm, I'm glad to do it, and I'm, I'm thankful that I had it to do. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit you know, it's not, it may not be every day that he needs you to do something for somebody. But, you know, we have people that, Kathy, I, I was thinking about you. And this friend that's been in the hospital, she had, this friend has nobody else to take her to the doctor, to take her to physical therapy, to clean her house. I don't know what I, I do know, I mean, because Kathy has shared with me. But... It's every day that she helps this lady that has no help. So it, like I'm saying, that's giving because, you know, so you can give in so many different ways. It's just so important to let the Holy Spirit use you to be a blessing to someone else. Whatever it is. I got some tea this morning. From, from a lady that blessed me with tea because she knew I liked tea. Praise God. But just listen. Just let the Holy Spirit in you be active. Praise God. Okay, let's look at Luke 6.38, which most people know. But it's, it's, it, is, it needs to be active in your life. This is a big one with... With your being prosperous. Luke 638. And I know all of you could quote it. And you should. This is Jesus talking. Ooh, maybe we should go back up and read above all that. I would encourage you to read this. Where anytime you see where Jesus is talking, it's good to look at him. He says, give. And it shall be. Not might be. Or maybe it will be, but it shall be. It's a certainty, in other words. It shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So God uses people. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So that's where we all are on different levels of being able to give like if it's money, you know. 
But we need to take this scripture and let it be activated as part of our lifestyle. To give and it shall be given unto you. Because it has to come back to you in whatever measure you're, measure, you're measuring it out. It has to. You're the only one that can stop it. And that's by the words of your mouth. So don't stop the flow of the Holy Spirit and what God's doing when you give. Expect, that word, expect, where it says it shall surely happen. Your return shall surely come if you'll just hang on to that word. But I really encourage you to let this part be active, a part of your everyday life. Amen. Okay, now then we're going to look at Acts chapter 20. And verse 35. Okay, and we're going to, really what I want to zero in is on where Jesus said something at the end, but we'll read that whole verse. I have showed you, and that word all, when I looked in another translation, said that it should say in. I have showed you in things... In all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now then, he's about to say something. He says, I want you to remember what Jesus said. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Wow, how in the world could that be? Because there's no, no return on, on receiving. The return and harvest is on giving. So it's more blessed to give because you get a return. You get a harvest than it is to receive. So what's he saying? You're activating some spiritual laws when you give. When you receive, you are a recipient of it. Now this lady... That I'm, in fact, I have to leave here. Supposed to meet this lady in another town right after Bible study. But when I leave here, this lady will be the receiver. And she is blessed. You are blessed by receiving. But who's going to be the one that has the harvest coming? Me. Why? It's a seed sown, you know. And praise God, he's using me. So do you understand that difference there? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay. Um, it says it is more blessed to give than to receive. I thought I had another note on that. Oh, it is more productive to give. The reason being there is no return on being a receiver, but there is on being a sower. So it's more productive for a person that, that is a giver. Amen. A truly generous mind rejoices in opportunities to do good. I read that this morning as I was getting ready to leave home. A truly generous mind rejoices in opportunities to do good and, uh, and feels happy in having such opportunities. So there's a mindset. A generous mind is excited about having opportunities to give. So watch your attitude. Amen. And, and he said, and you should feel happy about the opportunities. Isn't that exciting? You should feel happy. Man, this has to do with our emotions. It has to do with what's right up here. Thank you for those opportunities, Father, to bless somebody. Hallelujah. So, you know, I, when... Life should be fun. And so you, you may not, maybe you would like to be able to go and eat out and do this, that, and the other, you know. But I thought of our little Frank and, Frank and Katie Johnson. They had more fun. They were such an example unto me. And I love to share this. If you, if you feel like, well, I really don't need to spend that money, then what they did, and they, they were financially blessed, they could eat out anytime they wanted to. But to make it fun, they had a little jar. 
And all of their jar every week, they would put their change in that jar. And, and their date night, they would take that money out of that jar and they could only buy whatever that amount was. They, put all, they would put their change in. Isn't this the cutest thing? I can just see them doing this. And so she said sometimes it would just be enough for a hamburger and a Coke and they'd have to split it. They had the money to buy anything they wanted to eat. So I share that, that if you're at that place, start putting your change in something. And then one night a week, you and your mate or your friend, whatever, say, this is our night to go out to eat. Let's see what we're going to get to have. And it's just, doesn't, that even makes you happy to think about it, doesn't it? How fun is that? Well, since my husband's in heaven, the honorary rascal, up there having himself a good time, yours too, yes, I, I, probably, I may start that with friends and say, hey, wouldn't that be fun? Now, you can't go out and just take a $20 or $30 bill and say, I want this all in change. So you can put it in your, in your bucket, but look in the bottom of your purse. And put it, in a, put it in a bowl or something and say, okay, this is how much I have to spend for us tonight and do that. I, I like that idea. I'm going to do that. Okay. So, <laughs> you're ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the reason we're studying this covenant is so we, we can know what to expect God to do. We need to expect him. Okay. Okay. So we're going to take up here next Tuesday on the covenant of prosperity because there's so much in there. We're going to get into the tithing. And um, if my granddaughter doesn't have time to do me a big picture on cardboard, but I can just, I thought, that, we need a visual. The windows of heaven being opened unto us. Hallelujah. And... And, and then he said he would, the devourer would be stopped also. And, you know, oh, my mind just going wild. I can hardly wait until next Tuesday. But anyway, we'll take up there, and we should finish the, the spiritual laws of prosperity next week. And then after that, we're going to get into the covenant of health and healing. I wanted to cover these different areas of the covenant because this covenant is going to come alive in us. Amen. Yeah.